Okay, this is way overdue. A new type of older individual is being identified. Instead of seeing yourself sitting in some dreary white room waiting for the end, imagine facing forward toward a new and exciting direction as you age. Learning how to see yourself differently and better utilize your life's experiences. Uncovering a new sense of your own value in being older. This means abandoning a negative frame world of what older was like for your parents. You're not retiring or sitting still or fearfully focusing on some painful end of life. You're different. You see yourself exploring and continuing to grow until you go. Too often our vision of aging is that you know, we we're surviving against the odds. Or maybe someone is succeeding or thriving, but that's only because somehow they've managed to either avoid or fight off the scourges of aging. And yet I was seeing individuals that they were thriving. They, they were not just surviving, but thriving because of aging. Aging was giving them the tools. I really thought old is the problem. Aging is the solution. Those are the words of Dr. Mark Gronin. Dr. Mark Gronin is an honored geriatric psychiatrist of Miami Jewish Health Hospital. He's the author of the book, The End of Old Age. His book and his work are revealing how you can discover new strengths when you're older. And in this episode, you'll hear how to use some of his tools to discover the next of you. Dr. Agronin is creating a new architecture of belief in how we see ourselves older. You have a front row orchestra seat to hear and experience it all. Good evening, sir. Champagne? Well, sure, and around for everyone. Certainly, sir. Welcome to the podcast, Design Your Age. I'm your host, Tuck Kamen. Now let's all listen in a little closer to an individual who's breaking ground as a new social architect in aging. Realizing that aging is inevitable, but it brings strength. And uh, it can actually be a solution to many problems we wrestle with. I feel as though we are on the very cusp of just in the idea of trying to find out what are the real structures beneath all of this that will help individuals. When you're 50 or 60, you're dead. In terms of how social norms have been pushed into place from boomers and don't trust anybody over 30, and to be able to provide some new architecture of belief is what I can see that you've done here. You really hit this on the head, and when you think about it, the the title of your book, Design Your Age, really speaks to this because... What we're realizing is that we have the ability to shape what aging will be, both before we get old and in the process as well. And the more we realize that, the better we can do that. And I say this because we're living longer, healthier lives. And so for the current cohort of individuals in their 80s and 90s, they're really pioneers. They did not have role models for what it is to be 80 or 90. The role models they think about were typically parents or grandparents who were in their 70s, maybe 80s, who are quite old and debilitated. We're talking about something completely new and different because we have all of the experience and insights and wisdom that we've never had before, not only individually, but all working together. There's this term that Gene Cohen coined called 
developmental intelligence, meaning that all these different factors that we gain with time come together, they, they integrate with one another, they, they have synergy. And so we're really creating a whole new being as we get older that we really couldn't conceptualize before. What I noticed in, in the writing and in the book is that you're educating people that are older how to access their own powers. What I see that you've done, in, for example, in the classifications is you say, wait a minute, think of yourself as a sage, a seer, a creator, a curator, and I'd like you to be able to talk about that. But I realize that, you know, we don't have a roadmap when we're old. All we have is that it's a cliff, and this suddenly shows some kind of new piece of information to guide people to say, wait a minute, here are some things that you are or could be. You really capture the essence of the message because you're right, we don't have a roadmap. And too often we fall back on what we hear or in our talk about what aging typically is or what we imagine it to be. Most people find it quite different. They also find that if they think about it and talk about it in a certain way, it becomes that way and vice versa. And so that's why it was so important for me to distill what I've seen, what I've learned from older individuals who really are able to, to capture this, this potential and put that into a scheme. So for instance, uh, in the chapter on wisdom, I really wanted to give a broad view on wisdom, the same way we think about intelligence today. Intelligence, we look at it as multiple forms of it. So someone may be incredibly artistic and not so great at math. Someone may be a brilliant mathematician, but they, they're, they're not very artistic. But we recognize that they may be equally intelligent. So my point is that wisdom is the same way, that as we get older, we may lose, we may gain, but each of us has some unique strengths that we call our own wisdom. So I divided up I, into Five different people, these are all words that have been used at one time or another to describe wisdom or wise people, but to provide a little bit of a roadmap. Before Dr. Marker Gronin reveals his categories of older individuals from his book, The End of Old Age, I want to introduce you to our sponsor for this episode. It's Pure Austin Fitness in Austin, Texas. I have to tell you, I was never an athlete until I was 50-something. But Beto Bajano and his team at Pure Austin gave me a new sense of encouragement. It was unlike any gym I'd ever experienced before because I wanted to go back. I was the last guy to go to a gym. But if you're in Austin, it's the first place you should go if you want to go for new ideas in working out. There's tons and tons of fun, inventive classes included in the membership. It's got two locations, one near Lady Bird Lake and the other with its own private lake on Breaker Lane. Yes, Pure Austin has a private lake where you can swim, do paddleboard, or do that yoga thing on a paddleboard. And if you're aging, which I detect you are, this is one of the greatest places to create better later years. See it at pureaustin.com. Now back to Dr. Marker Gronin and his very extraordinary work at identifying new characteristics of how you might be described as you're older. My general description of wisdom, and this is based on lots of really good research, is that it describes all of the knowledge and experience that we've gained over time and how we're able to apply it in a very practical way. I call someone the savant, meaning that they've 
gained an incredible knowledge base in some area that they can teach. And so this may be as simple as someone I describe in the book who is an amazing cook of Italian recipes in her family for generations. She has everyone in the family how to do that as the food for the family. Or as complex as someone who is a philosopher and, and, and is, you know, writing some of their best works when they get I, I call curator. And this is someone whose, you know, primary concern has to do with caring for others, caring with different institutions, really caring for components of, of our culture, our families, our societies, uh, that they really want to preserve and they, they want to teach other people. And so that may be someone who works as, as a volunteer or tour guide. I talk about a, a woman here with groups of students on a, on a trip to Europe um, to really teach them about her history and about her past. So that's the curator. We typically think of that someone in a museum, but in this case, it's as someone who's, you know, a, a living curator. The third person is a sage. This is someone who, by virtue of experience and often adversity, has learned to be a really good decision maker. These are the individuals we turn to for advice later in life, they really seek out their wisdom and their counsel. Then there's the creator. These are individuals whose main focus is on something artistic. Maybe it's a craft, maybe it's a hobby, but they've really honed those skills over a lifetime and they can teach them. One who, you know, makes quilts and teaches other people to do that or someone who's an artist. And finally, the seer. The seer is someone who has somewhat of a transcendent knowledge or ability, uh, a spirituality, a connection to both past, present, and future. Often these are individuals who are spiritual leaders or guides, individuals that we really seek out when we want to have a sense for what lies beyond life, what really our essence is about, uh, what is our history about. So these different areas are not mutually exclusive. They often occur together, but it gives people a way to think about themselves and not have to feel that they have to be the whole package. If, if someone is sort of considering themselves being very curious and an adventurer, like my mother up until her death would always say to me, go see something new. Likes to explore, likes to travel, likes to do things physical uh, under the category of, of a creator because it's someone who likes to do new things, seek out new things. And it emphasizes the point that being creative, being a, a creator doesn't just imply the arts. I'm not an artist, so I'm not creative. But no, creativity comes out in problem solving, in relationships, in different pursuits. Someone who wants to kind of recreate themselves physically so they get involved in the senior Olympics. To me, that's a creator. Someone who loves to travel and they really want to go to different areas and explore and learn about it. Uh, I think to me, that also is someone who is a very creative person, really wants to establish new experiences and, and new and different things for themselves. They, they think divergently, which is really the essence of creativity, to think kind of off the beat path. And you have to have that mindset if you're going to go off on an exploration. What has it been like taking those individuals and seeing how they respond? And what's that been like? The most rewarding aspect is when you talk to individuals who maybe didn't see themselves in such a positive way beforehand. And now they, they kind of have this aha moment when they realize that they really have some strengths that they can feel good about and they can take into the future. Because when you think about it, a fundamental part of our mindset is how we see the future. When you're young, part of what's so interesting and exciting about life is that you envision you know, the years and decades ahead of you to do things. Obviously, as we get older, that changes. So the future may be more compressed. A lot of people look at that and think that's depressing, but actually what most people experience, and this taps into a lot of really amazing work by 
Laura Karstensen at Stanford, is that we tend to look at the horizon in a way that energizes us to focus more on positive experiences and to realize that we better make the best of the time we have and have it be more meaningful. And so it actually can become an incredibly positive thing because most people accept the fact that time does get more limited, but that doesn't turn them into feeling depressed. So when you meet with people, work with them and give them a scheme or roadmap to think about this, they really begin to think about how they can shape aging and focus into things that's really meaningful to them. And maybe it's in their mind, but if, even in individuals with such severe limitations, maybe due to Alzheimer's or severe depression, can improve in different ways or find ways to look at their lives in more positive ways or have you know, moments of, of meaning and joy, then think about what everyone else can do who doesn't have those same obstacles. This is what I emphasize to people, that their strengths are already there. It's not, they don't have to feel pressure. They have to do certain things above and beyond maybe what they're doing or what they've done already. But it's a way of shifting their focus a little bit and appreciating what they have, where they're at, and then how they can, within that sphere, begin to make some changes. And so, for instance, this is why it was so important to me to have a type of wise person I call the seer, because a seer is someone who you could be isolated, you could have limitations, but if you can find a sense of, of peace, of transcendence, of acceptance, that is a strength itself. Because often in life, we face many circumstances where we have to be able to have that acceptance and, and that tranquility given our circumstances. No matter what kind of state that you're in, there is a possibility for improvement, just like what you said a minute ago about Alzheimer's patients that were turned around. That is a, it is a phenomenal thing to, to people not to believe that they're stuck in concrete. Absolutely. So, I mean, so you've had those experiences where people were written off, because I remember reading some things in there about they had these uh, age point episodes happen to them, or they had these difficulties, and it must be kind of awakening for them, right? Sure. Something in the book I, I talk about, I call them age point. And to me, an age point is when someone hits a period in time when they get stuck. And all of the abilities that they have up to that point uh, are not enough to move them into the future. And often people get very discouraged, depressed, apathetic at that point. It's critical to have support during that. And so when someone comes to me and they, and they hit that point, they have that resistance or they say, oh, I can't do this or it's easier not to do that. I look at myself as really a guide, someone who wants to listen to them, wants to support them and maybe help guide them through, but really give them the opportunity to work on it, give them support. And I, it emphasizes a very important point here is that this has to be mutual. You know, we don't age in a box. You know, we're, we're part of a community. We're part of a dynamic family of different relationships. And we need to be able to work within these relationships, whether it's family or community across generations, to really teach one another and help one another. And, and I, I've seen this more I mean, it's a very powerful phenomenon when someone older suddenly realizes that someone younger really appreciates who they are and what they do, and they have something they can still give to them. Because one of the most powerful motivating forces for us when we get older is leaving a legacy, having a sense for what our life has meant by seeing it lived and played out with other people or in other institutions. That is so powerful. And often that may be the final motivating force for someone to do some good 
for themselves and for other people. Moving and remarkable when people see that. And you realize that those gifts that we get from those generations, that's what moves history along. It's exactly the point of uh, having a chapter called the Action Plan, which is meant to be very simple. You know, with a piece of paper and, and a pen or pencil, you can really start reflecting on some of these questions in a very basic way. You recognize your wisdom. You see what you've done in life and how it brings you purpose. And then you start thinking about what do you want to do in the future? Are there values or experiences or things important to you you can renew or you can reinvent in some way? And when people realize that they can give this to others, it really provides strong motivation for them to work on it to really feel good about it. You've been able to uh, expand this program that you've been doing, this action plan, into a program sort of system-wide? I'm working on a program here, uh, actually a new care model uh, with empathy as the real motivating force behind it because empathy is something that we have instinctually, but there's ways we can develop it to really understand other people, to be able to appreciate where they're coming from, and then to be able to design or purpose our responses, whether we're a caregiver or a doctor or however we're working with them, to really provide the best care for them. In particular, working on a village-like setting for people with dementia, we really can bring this philosophy into its fruition. Using creative arts and so many other areas to recognize people's strengths, their wisdom, their purpose, but design an environment in which they can really move forward with it, even when they may be afflicted with memory loss, or other age-related issues. So do you see an opportunity out there where you will be able to have them interact with people of diverse backgrounds, ages, ethnicity, that type of thing, and if, how that will help? Yeah, that's the essence. The one nice thing about Miami is that it is an incredibly multicultural setting. And so, you know, we have such a variety of different cultures and backgrounds and religions and places of origin, just about every background you can imagine, all working together, both residents and staff and people from the community here together, and we really see what we have in common, you know, that human aspect of, you know, these loves, strengths, meaning as we get older, uh, so it becomes a real great unifying force. Aging, again, can become such a powerful factor in bringing the community together, you know, what we learn and appreciate as we get older often are some of the most important elements that bind us together as families. So I'm really trying to distill that essence. I, I guess you could say instead of looking for a fountain of youth in Florida, I'm looking for the fountain of age. The older people that I met that are engaged, they do not think that much about how old they are. And I have friends that have parents and they're older than their parents. So it was like a revelation after I read, read your book, and I, and I see how truly it's like a wake-up that you provide to these individuals by having them go through this action plan. There's an architecture of belief that you're helping create that people can stand up on, and they'll say, they'll say something along the lines of, wow, I found the next of me. You know, I mean, I never knew this was there. And getting people out in that world is just so critical, but... The, psych the psychographic piece of it is that I find these people that are very, very young thinkers, and somehow they've slipstreamed through these crushing social framework. People I meet every day, they're in their 70s to 80s, they say that same phrase to me that's like, and they almost whisper it, like, I don't believe I'm 80. I'm actually 19 inside. Well, I, I like the, your, your phrase, the next of me. 
because you're really talking about the future of aging, not just the future of, of all of us, our next people, but the future of aging. And the future is that we will not only live physically into our routinely into our 80s and 90s and beyond, but also mentally. You know, the average person hitting what we now consider retirement age in our early 60s is going to have another 20 to 30, 35 years ahead of them of good, healthy living with intact minds. So think about all of that knowledge and experience you're going to gain at that time. What are you going to do with it? And there's such incredible potential to think about. We will need those individuals, not simply economically because, you know, as the population shrinks to some extent, we need more people in the workforce, but we will need their experience and their wisdom and their strengths to really help maintain, bind, grow our societies. That's it. And thank you, Dr. Mark Gronin. The End of Old Age is published by DeCapo Lifelong Books. Buy a copy. Change your world. This has been another episode of Design Your Age. If you like this podcast, we'd love your support. To send us a little financial encouragement, a few bucks, clams, shekels, or even a Benjamin, send via PayPal to tuck at designyourage.com or email me. But no matter what, Design Your Age wants you to know what's best about you never ages. So let's end seeing aging as negative. Make it the end of the world as we know it.